you have to create space. There needs to be space between seasons. You need to be able to, to at least listen to your body and listen to your gut instinct and listen to the pain and the nagging injuries and not push through those because you think you're weak or because you think you're a pussy or because everyone's telling you have to. Like, in this life, you have to listen to your body. You have to be in tune with your gut instinct. So this is a solo sode where I'm gonna be diving into a little bit more of my personal journey and story. And today's episode really is about the importance of having off seasons and creating space for transitions. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna share a timeline of my career, pivotal choices, decisions, injuries that have set opportunities to level up within my lifeline and create space for me to get better at sport or potentially even to leave sport to then move and evolve myself to continue to grow and develop. So I'll start off by stating that I actually came across beach volleyball when I was 10 years old. I was a full-time swimmer and I just stopped swimming as a result of exercise-induced asthma from the chlorine. And so that, call it an injury or a debilitating career ender at a very early age, and I wasn't a bad swimmer, allowed me to find beach volleyball. My parents saw this event that uh, was advertised in an ice rink. They put a bunch of sand in an ice rink and the best athletes in the world at that time came to play. And it was like Mike Dodds, Randy Stoklos, Sinjin Smith, some of the best of all time from the States. And my parents brought me and I was one of the kids that went down and played in the halftime. And that was when I wrote in a journal in grade six that I wanted to play beach volleyball. I wanted to move to Australia, which crazy part of the story is I'm sharing this with you from Australia. So that original journal from when I was in grade six has come true. But moving on, I found volleyball. So I focused more on volleyball while playing basketball and snowboarding and soccer and other things. But when I was 15, I really focused my beach volleyball in the summer times and then focused more on indoor volleyball at school and in club. Now in no way, shape or form is that full time where I was training and playing 365 days a year. I mean, there, I wasn't even in the gym at that point, it was just me playing. So it's a little bit easier for me to say I was playing full time. But that moved me right into college and I wound up playing a year of college at Camosun College in Victoria. And after that year, I wanted to just be a regular college student. And I chose to stay in Victoria, live in a house with a band, work at College Pro Painting, and just experience life outside of full-time sport. For whatever reason, I just desired that break. And I gave it to myself. My parents didn't hold anything over me. They supported me as long as I was working. And I earned money, lived the life of a college student, partied, had fun, lived with that band. It was so crazy. It was awesome. But I wound up really seeing what life was outside of sport without training for a purpose, without having my heart set on achieving something. And it wasn't nearly as fulfilling as any other summer before that in my life where I was always after a national championship or I was always after some level of achievement where I, I had a goal and I worked hard towards it. 
That summer, yeah, I trained a little bit, but nowhere near as close to what it was before. And I played in the provincial championships with a good friend, Sean Casey, and we nearly lost to a team we had no business losing to, guys that I, at that point in time, had no issues or troubles with. But because I didn't train, because I didn't take care of myself, because I didn't play, we nearly lost them. And I think we won the provincial championships for our age group. I think it was U20, like 16, 14, and a third. And it was just a terrible game. And I was embarrassed. And that really reconnected me to my passion for beach volleyball. And that, oh man, I love training. And I love playing. And I love pushing myself. So I went back to my second year of college under Linda Henderson. And I was fired up. I was all over it. That was the year that I took my physical training seriously and I got super jacked. I won BC Player of the Year in the college league. I wound up getting CCAA All-Canadian. And I wound up creating an opportunity for myself where I got invited to play for the under 21 Canadian team at the World Championships. And so I moved to Toronto that following summer with close friends Adam Parks and Dan Casey, who are a few years older than me that they were moving up there to train full time too. And I just followed my heart. So the year before I took time off where, you know, current culture right now at 1819, that's a pivotal year, but I created space for myself and that space allowed me to feel my heart and feel my calling again the next summer. And I doubled down on my efforts. And so moving to Toronto where the best athletes in Canada were, that created all kinds of amazing opportunities. I was essentially there to train full time and my parents supported me. I lived in this hilarious apartment with Dan and Adam, super close to Woodbine Beach. And I picked up any game that I possibly could. I was in the sand two or three times a day, playing as much as I could. And that gave me opportunities to play with legends of the game at that point in time, like Aaron Cadu and Marquise and John Child. And Steve Delaney was in there, um, Dan Lewis. I just soaked it up as much as I possibly could, learned from the best and watched as much as possible at the top level. And that got me incredible looks. That summer, I also played in the under 21 world championships. And that was when I knew I could make it at an international level. I knew I had the physicality. I knew that if I focused more that I would be able to play at a world-class elite level. So from there, I returned to British Columbia and I wound up playing for University of British Columbia under um, a great program. We were at that point in time ranked third in Canada and played incredibly well. I was, the, I was P2. Uh, underneath Jeff Ensley, he was P1, and we had an awesome team. But uh, there was an issue that happened with the coach, and, and some things happened over the span of a few months. And I wound up leaving that team, essentially standing up for for myself and not agreeing with some of the moves uh, that a coach made. And I listened to my heart. I just was not okay with some of the things that happened and so I left the team and some people in my life were against that and didn't support that decision but my mom and my dad just believed in me believed in, believed in my heart and my gut and they supported me so I wound up leaving the team and staying at UBC and just being a regular student but stopped playing indoor volleyball so I my identity was not 100% volleyball I was okay with being a non-volleyball athlete and me letting go of that and standing up for myself created space for a guy by the name of Brian Hebert to call me up out of nowhere and say, hey, I wanna go overseas this summer and play on the FIV tour. Would you like to be my blocker? 
And so Brian, who is, I believe he was in Toronto at that point in time, he came over, we had a couple training sessions uh, in late April, early May, and then we went full time that summer and played in Challengers and Satellites. And that was an incredible learning. I got a leg up with one of the best players at that time, one of the best defenders, and we made a go of it. And that, I don't think, would have happened to the degree that it, it did had I not stood up for myself, listened to my heart, and left the sport and created space for that to show up. Brian and I played uh, an amazing first season together. We had some successes. We had some wins. We got third at the Adult National Championships. And then I went back to UBC to pursue my kin degree and to go back to school. And going back to school wound up forcing Brian and I to end our partnership. And then I wound up getting a call from Jesse Lilliet, who invited me to play 100% professional, move to Brazil and train to be a Team Canada athlete and play full-time on the world circuit. It took me about 0.01 of a second to make that decision. And uh, I finished off that semester. I think I had a month of school left. And I was in Brazil January 2nd with Jesse to train for three months for my first professional season. And so this is all about creating space for these things to happen. My identity wasn't necessarily attached to me being an athlete and I didn't have aspirations of being a world champion at that point in time or I didn't, I wasn't fully, fully sunk into what I could do. I just listened to my heart and allowed for life to unfold and, and great things happened. So Jesse and I spent two summers playing together and we, we had some successes, we lit it up, we were, we were beasts, it was just so much fun playing with Jesse and uh, I wound up actually hurting my knee. I tore my meniscus training down in Brazil in my second um, preseason. And we played that full season. I played on a, on a kind of a bung knee, but we had some really great results. And I just couldn't continue playing on, on a bad knee. It was emotionally draining. And, and that wound up creating space for some surgery where I wound up trying to stay in the game while recovering for four months from that surgery by creating a tournament. And so I, I learned about marketing, I learned about event preparation and event management, and I wound up creating an event that really changed the way I thought about self-marketing and, and promoting my, my journey within sport to be able to get sponsorships. And I had to think about it from, well, if I can't play, how can I still be in the game? And it was to create an event. So that was amazing and that's a great story for another time, but it also created an opportunity for me to play with this new up and coming stud by the name of Ben Saxton, who is coming off of his university season at uh, University of Edmonton, I believe. And so we wound up playing that summer together. We had an amazing, amazing time traveling the world and uh, we were, that was kind of the first team where we were both six foot seven, split blocking, and I, it was incredible, but he went back to school and so I wound up uh, needing to, to find another partner. And from that, wound up playing a few different years with Ray Sewell, uh, had a full summer with Aaron Cadu, and then wound up partnering up with Kame Schalk for two seasons. And Kame and I won the national championships together. We had some successes overseas. And I regretfully wound up hurting my back because I trained too hard. One, one preseason, I was doing CrossFit, and I just don't think I was 
paying close enough attention to how my training was impacting me as a volleyball player. I was really getting after heavy weights and was training my ass off to be just an absolute beast. But I don't think that converted as well as I wanted to on the volleyball court. And so I got really big and really strong. But um, I think that wound up changing how I moved as an athlete and I wound up eventually hurting my back. And that forced me to take two, two and a half months off of playing and training. And so that essentially ended my partnership with Kane, but that was the year before the Olympics. That was 2011. And so that time where I needed to completely reconsider how I trained, how I spent my time, who I was playing with in preparation for the Olympics opened up space for me learning from a few different mentors about yoga, about hinging properly through foundation training and through body weight movement and quality movement. And it also created space for me to play with Josh Binsock because he was coming out of a partnership at that time and uh, we were both in Toronto. So I wound up syncing up with Josh and that was an amazing year and, and we did what we did and qualified for the Olympics and that was absolutely incredible. And then after the, the Olympics, I was still a bit broken. I hyperextended my elbow at the games and so I was playing on a, a right arm bung elbow which swinging and blocking was no fun. Um, no one had ever prepared me for the conversation of what do you do after you achieve your life goal. So there was a big void in my heart where I'd achieved it and I, we didn't take time off after the Olympics. So Josh and I made a decision to not play together and I, I wound up not knowing any better, not taking the time for myself, um, telling Sam uh, Schachter that I'd play with him. So we had a very light preseason together uh, at after the 2012 year moving into 2013. And my heart just wasn't into it. And so for the span of a month, I I was really, really struggling. And, and finally, I, I told Sam, listen, I don't think I can play this year. I think I'm going to retire. My heart's just not in it. And, and I want to explore life outside of it. So I wound up announcing my retirement January 1st, 2013. And what I knew was that if I put all the energy and effort into my next vision, into my next evolution myself, the way I had put it into myself as a volleyball player, I knew something great would happen. And my family had supported me. Um, I'd just been playing beach volleyball for, for so long and nothing against beach volleyball here. It was just, I needed to evolve myself and the success that I experienced on the court um, you know, it really didn't provide me with any financial stability. So I, I needed to evolve myself and ask bigger questions beyond sport. So I made that transition. And, and once again, I wasn't afraid to tackle life outside of sport and, and did my best to evolve. And I, I wound up taking the thing that was true to my heart that I knew the best, which was fitness and training and being the strong guy. And so I took my athletic training and, and ended up meeting uh, a gentleman by the name of Ryan Keiko and we started training together and we immediately came up with a, a business called Strive Life Athletics and that was my expression of, of training for beach volleyball. That was me still trying to be physical and to share my gift and my energy with the world and that was so fun to transition that. Um, we wound up building a business and doing group training and, and impacting um, the Toronto fitness scene and I wound up getting a, a national training award and becoming a Nike trainer and, and really got to be a, a leader within the space uh, and over the span of five years. But over the span of that five years, I, I started longing to, to give back to sport and beach volleyball to reconnect with that. I started to hear this calling inside of me to give back to youth and to mentor youth and to get back into 
coaching and mentoring and sharing my life experiences much like I'm doing right now. And that was my early first time calling for off-ball athlete, but I didn't know what that was. And so in late 2017, I wound up sharing that I was going to leave, leave Strive Life and to come back into sport and to follow my heart, which was to give back in that, in that form. So I once again shedded that identity uh, now within fitness to, to transcend that and transition into my greater self, which I didn't know what that was. And that space allowed me to explore. I traveled a little bit, worked with a few different people, took some certifications, and my partner Julia wound up getting an opportunity to essentially be accepted to medical school in Sydney, Australia. And me having opened myself up, I was in a place where I could say yes to that. So here I am in Sydney, building a life for myself here, thinking international, you know, transcending sport, transcending fitness, taking everything that I love and I know to be true and exploring questions that I have for myself and the world and building a life that, I, that I'm not scared of. And it took a lot of off seasons on my own terms, off seasons because I got injured to be okay with having space and be okay with not having my foot on the gas pedal at all times. And so this conversation really is to let athletes know that you have to create space. There needs to be space between seasons. You need to be able to, to at least listen to your body and listen to your gut instinct and listen to the pain and the nagging injuries and not push through those because you think you're weak or because you think you're a pussy or because everyone's telling you have to. In this life, you have to listen to your body. You have to be in tune with your gut instinct, with that internal voice, that guiding light that lets you know what's a good decision or a bad decision or what's varying levels of good of where you want to be and what you want to do. Because if you don't love it, it's going to be really hard to do it for the rest of your life to the degree that your best self can show up through it. So in closing, the times that I've leveled up, the times that I've successfully moved up to the next notch have always been after a break. They've always been after an off season, whether I've chosen that off season or my body has forced me into it. This is not about just continually getting stronger. That's not the game. And we misinterpret the Darwinian philosophy of the strong survive. That's actually not correct. It's the most adaptable survive. The game is about can you morph and can you shift and can you meet the demands of sport as it flows through time rather than only just get stronger. And sometimes we have to create space for ourselves, create a pause where we can rest we can recover, we can look at problems through a different lens, we can look at different creative outlets, be it arts, be it different sports, be it just taking time for yourself, traveling, meeting new people, speaking new languages. All of these are important experiences that will somehow show up in the richness of how you play. So are you hurt? Are you sore? Or is your body feeling nagging? Are you depressed? Are you emotionally depleted? Are you just super tired? All of those might be your body and your mind and your soul trying to share with you something, 
And if you've been competing nonstop, day in, day out, week after week, month after month, for years now in a single sport, I challenge you, take a break. Take an off-season. The sporting world and the business of sport will always accept you. It always wants you to continue. And you're led to believe that you need to constantly play in these development camps, play in the next league, play in the select team, play in the travel team, play in the provincial, national. You're constantly playing and then all of a sudden you're left with no time for yourself. So are you creating time for yourself? Are you listening to your gut? Are you listening to your body? Are you listening to your heart? That's the question. This is not about quitting. Please do not get me wrong. I want you to play and I want you to be your best. But it's challenging to be your best when you're broken, when you're lost, when you're not feeling it, when you're struggling, you feel like you're in quicksand. And when you feel that, that's the time to advocate for yourself, to speak up, to share that with your family, to share that with your coaches, to stand up for yourself because you are worth it. And if you want to make the most of this sporting experience, you're going to have to stand up for yourself. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. I cannot wait to share more times to come. And the next episode with TJ Sanders is fire. We'll talk to you then.